This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with me, Matt Addison. After a whirlwind couple of days in the transfer market at the back end of last week, Liverpool have strengthened their squad significantly with the arrival of both Thiago Alcantara and Diogo Jota. We've spoken extensively about Thiago and Jota over the last few days, and if you haven't caught up with all of that content, do feel free to take a look back wherever you got this show from. I can promise you there's plenty of good stuff to get into. For this episode of the show, though, I'm delighted to have Alex Dickon from the Birmingham Mail alongside me to talk in-depth about Diogo Jota. First of all, Alex, thanks for joining me, and how are you getting on? No worries, uh, really well, thanks. Obviously, got a game tonight as well, so um, seems a good time to get, obviously, some of Jota's thoughts out there, but also, hopefully, a bit of Kiana Hoover as well. Yeah, absolutely, some... Uh... Interesting questions to be asked both ways, I think, for, for Liverpool. It's uh, certainly an interesting deal. And, and we'll get straight into the, the Diogo Jota stuff, obviously. Lots of excitement uh, about Thiago. But how excited should Liverpool fans be about their other signing, if you like? Really, in terms of, you know, potentially ceiling's absolutely massive. He's a, over the last three years, been one of probably the top three most important players in Wolves' rise, I think, over overall. Um, he was massive in the Championship, scored 17 goals. Um, for me, he was he was just brilliant that year, probably only behind Ruben Neves. And then obviously he took a little while to get going in the Premier League. He didn't score for the first three or four months of the campaign, but then once he did, he just completely took off uh, last the year uh, in 2018-19. Um, I think he scored 10 goals over the final 23 games or something like that. So um, he was a massive reason with Wolves getting into, getting into Europe in their first season back. And um, he was brilliant, really. And, to be fair, I think Wolves were kind of lucky to hang on to him that summer. I think we thought there'd be more interest, but um, obviously the move to Liverpool's come back. Now, he wasn't as good last season, uh, that has to be said. I think there was a, towards the end of the season, he dropped out of the Wolves team and probably looking at it now, um, it looks quite a good deal for both parties. I think you've got to get to fresh start somewhere else, obviously a top top Premier League club and uh, Wolves get a decent fee. But um, if, you know, he gets anything near you know, the level he's shown at Wolves in some of his performance over the last three years, Liverpool could have one ahead of a player on the hand. What do you think his best position is and, and how do you sort of see him fitting into this Liverpool team? Because we know Liverpool have got plenty of options. I suppose the, the question is, where does he get into that starting eleven? Yeah, I mean, I watched the Liverpool game against Chelsea on Sunday and um, I was just absolutely in awe of Sadio Mane, as I always am. Um, he's just an incredible player, but I think that is the position where Jota will potentially hope to get minutes if he can. Um, he's primarily played off the left for Wolves um, in a three in a three four three formation, but Wolves have you know flirted with a three five two system quite a lot over the last couple of seasons, especially. And when Wolves played that, Jota was probably at his best. That system suited him best when he was a second striker alongside Raúl Jiménez. Um, obviously, having watched Liverpool under Klopp, they don't seem to play with two up front. It always seems to be a four three three formation. So um, I, I'd imagine it's going to be off the left. Um, I don't think he's ever he's never really played off the right for Wolves. He's played obviously down the middle, but not so much in a three. He did it towards the end of the uh, the championship winning season um, after Leo Bonatini, the striker had Wolves had at the time, fell out of form. He also went into the middle, playing as more of a false nine. Um, but I think in that system, Liverpool played definitely off the left. What would you say his sort of key attributes are for sort of people to to watch out for over the next few months? I think just the way he plays football, it's uh, it's unique in a way because he's so kind of, you know, high energy. His intensities are, you know, 100% all the time. Um, 
a massive kind of confidence player as well. Uh, I think when things go well for him, you know, everything comes off. He'll, he doesn't really have, you know, you see Sadio Mane and, and Salah, they've got great feet, really fast feet in tight spaces. He's not really like that. He tends to just kind of run through people. Um, he's very, very strong, uh, very fast over the first 10 yards and gets away from people. Um, and he's more of an instinctive player than anything else. You'll never see Jossa go one-on-one and um, roll a ball into a corner, just blast it first chance he gets. And sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think he's best when he doesn't have time to think. Um, sometimes when he has time to think uh, and he gets one-on-one, we saw it so many times last season where he was obviously lacking in confidence and he'd kind of run into the goalkeeper and he knew it was coming every single time. He'd just kind of run into him and obviously the chance would go. But um, in terms of his qualities, definitely the way he plays football is... Um, he's, he's spoken a lot in the past about being kind of the underdog um, and how it suits him sort of thing. Um and the way he plays football sometimes, it, it doesn't very much look like an underdog. It looks like kind of a, a big kid against a bunch of children on a playground because he just bullies teams. I remember the game against Arsenal uh, in 2018-19 toward the end of the season. Um, Wolves won three, one with three and up at half-time, and Jota was absolutely incredible. Um, he just ran riot, destroyed them. Um, and again, that's there's been a lot of games like that, um, which is, you know, I think... There's, there's an, an element of that Jossa hasn't been very good over the last year for Wolves. But again, uh, in that year, there's been games where he's just been absolutely breathtaking. I mean, as a, you know, a Wolves reporter, he's obviously done, you know, player ratings, whatever, every week. Um, I've never given anyone a 10 as much as I've given Jota. You know, he, he's, he's probably had about five or six. He's been that good in some of the games. Um, but again, he does have moments where he's not very good. He's either, he, he, He's very much brilliant or average. That's kind of what he's been. But if he can, you know, become consistent at Liverpool, there's no reason why he can't become a, a top, top Premier League player. Is there anybody out there who Liverpool fans might think of as being a, a little bit more well-known that you could say he's sort of a, a similar player to stylistically? Or is he just one of those players that, um, a little bit like Roberto Firmino, he's just a bit unique and, and there isn't really anybody obvious? I don't I don't really want to draw a comparison because obviously... Luis Suarez is held, like, held in a kind of highest esteem by local fans. But when you watch Suarez play and the way he kind of somehow finds a way, wriggles away through people, um, he always did at Liverpool kind of rather than go round the man, he just tends to go straight through. And often it'd just go through his legs or, you know, whatever, or it'd bounce back to him, stuff like that. And that's kind of the way Jota plays. He doesn't really look to go round people. He just goes straight for them, goes straight through them. Um, and that low centre of gravity just kind of upsets defenders. Um He's obviously nowhere near what Suarez has achieved as a player, obviously. Um, but I think in terms of playing style, the way Jota plays and tends to just kind of dribble uniquely with the ball, um, it's, it's similar to Suarez in the way he do, used to do it for Liverpool. And Adama Traore, of course, uh, another Wolves player who plays probably on the opposite side, very much a, a dribbler as well. I mean, he's reportedly valued from what I've read about twice as much or, or certainly close to twice as much as what Liverpool have played for, for Jota. I mean, where would your sort of stance be on that? Because when both players are the best, I've heard people sort of argue between the two as to who is the better one. But the, the valuations seem to be a little bit far apart. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to goals. You know, Jossa has always offered more goals to Wolves than Adama has. But in terms of their, you know, the last 12 months, last season, uh, they were, they, you couldn't compare them. Uh, Jossa was a player who, you know, played one game well every, you know, five or six, whereas Adama was, for about four or five months, absolutely unplayable. Um, probably Wolves' 
player of the season before the uh, before the lockdown period. So um, I think the way Adami Adami is, obviously everyone knows the qualities he's got. He's unique in the sense that nobody can compete with him in a foot race. Uh, his feet are absolutely incredible. He's so strong. And if Adam added goals to his game and scored, you know, 15 goals a season, we'd probably talk about a £100 million player rather than a, a £70 million player. But um, in terms of the way Wolves play and how good Adam has been over the last, the last 12 months, um, I think the valuations are probably about right. I think um, Adama's got the potential. To, I think Adama's still got a much, much higher ceiling than Jota. I think when Adama eventually does become available, it's probably going to you know, be a tour of Barcelona or Real Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's probably fair to say then that you know, with Jota, it's more about that consistency, isn't it? It's finding that top level of the game that he does have but on a consistent basis. So, as you say, a sort of 40-odd million pound deal seems mm. maybe about right in the, the current market. Yeah, I think so. And the structure of the deal was interesting, obviously, um, with it coming, kind of coming installments first and foremost. Um, I, I think that the, I, was, I was kind of umming and ahhing over the weekend as to whether Pood got the better deal of it. Um, and I think it, it all really depends on Jota. And the thing is with Jota, he's so unpredictable that you really can't know. Um, if he goes on to do, you know, if he goes on to become the consistent player that, that Liverpool hope he can be, um, and you know, you see the performances at Anfield that we've seen, you know, one in four or five games over the last year, then you know, Liverpool have got an absolutely incredible player on their hands. But at the same time, if he doesn't kind of forget the last twelve months and you know, go on again and kick on again and uh, progress, then Wolves have probably got a, a very good deal and mate will. I think they've cashed out at the right time. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. We've seen a lot of fanfare for Thiago, as I've said, over the last couple of days, and understandably so, given the calibre of player that he is. But I suppose in terms of squad depth and that sort of thing, in terms of Liverpool being able to be spoken about in the same way as, as other rivals at the top end of the table, I suppose signing someone like Jota, he is very much a at the very least, an exceptional squad player for Liverpool, even if he doesn't get into the first team. Would that be a, a kind of fair assessment? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think um, if you look at the the teams Liverpool are competing with, you know, I don't think there's anyone that can say Liverpool's front three isn't the best in the league. I think that's kind of a given now. But um, in terms of beyond that, Liverpool have never really had that much. I know Shaqiri went as a kind of a, a backup player and has tailed off over the last season or whatever, but Origi's done well in, in flashes, but um, I think Jota kind of raises the bar a little bit, uh, because if you look at Jota, I think every other Premier League team when he's on form, um, maybe not Man City, but I think the others, he'd probably get into their starting 11s. Um, so I think it's a hugely exciting signing from a Liverpool point of view, because, you know, obviously the wealth of Liverpool and the players they've got, it's probably not even that much of a risk at 40 million or whatever, 40, 40 odd million. So um, I think it's a, it's a good deal for all parties. And I think if Jota, Jota over the last six months especially has looked like he needed a change of scenery. So if um, if he can kind of rediscover the, the form that he showed in his first two seasons at Wolves um, and then kick on, obviously, he's just become a Portugal international as well and scored his first goal recently. So um, I, I don't see any reason why he couldn't eventually um, kind of take over from, you know, Mane or, or Salah whenever they, you know, move on. 
I think it was 22 combined goals and assists last season. And you're yeah. saying there that that maybe wasn't his best form. I, I suppose we've seen a, a lot of comparisons, really, with Jota's last season at Wolves and Sadio Mane's last season at Southampton. If you look at the, the underlying numbers and, and that sort of thing, they do appear to be quite similar. And you mentioned there that you think potentially that once Sadio Mane moves on, Jota could move into to one of those positions. Is, is that how highly people at, at Wolves rate him? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it, I don't think people at Wolves will remember the Jota of the last six months. They'll remember the Jota who was brilliant in the Championship and he was absolutely brilliant over the last you know six months of the first their first season in the Premier League when he was you know over that kind of six month period he was Wolves' best player. Um, he was absolutely fantastic and unfortunately he couldn't carry it on into into the last season. Um, I know he got obviously got a lot of goals and goal contributions, but I think if you take I think he scored in 10 of 48 games overall. Um, he's a very, very streaky player. Like when he gets on a run, he's very difficult to stop. But um, he also went a long, long time without goals, like 11, 12 games at a time without goals. So um, it's it's just whether he can find the consistency. That's that's the big question with Jota. If he can find the consistency and deliver, you know, post those numbers, post 10 more or whatever a season, um, Liverpool have got a great player on the hands. But I, I do think long term, um, the Liverpool front three are all kind of late 20s now, aren't they? So, um, Jota at 23, I think he's got a hell of a lot of football already under his belt and at a decent level. Obviously, he's played Champions League with Porto before he came to Wolves, uh, been around Atletico Madrid, played in the Europa League at Wolves. So, um, I think over the next two, three years, if he can develop, I don't see any reason why when the time comes for Liverpool to go into their own new cycle um, and they need a new front three that Jota can't you know, become a starter in that team. Yeah, and a final question on Jota then. I saw over the weekend he sent a message to Wolves fans thanking them for his time there. Does he leave the club then in sort of a, a good rapport and on good terms with the Wolves fans? Massively, yeah. I, I think, as I said, every Wolves fan will remember what Jota's done. They'll remember the games against um, against Arsenal, the FA Cup semi-final where Wolves lost against uh, against Watford. He was absolutely incredible. They'll remember the hat-tricks against Leicester, against Besiktas, against um, Espanyol in the Europa League last season. Um, you know, Jota has been an absolutely incredible player for Wolves. Though there's no getting away from that. He's been brilliant. Um, a, a truly, truly brilliant player. Um, and what was great for me was to see that, you know, when, when players leave clubs and, and move on to, to bigger and bigger things and whatever, you know, sometimes a selling club doesn't kind of make a big deal out of it. They'll just kind of post a, a story and say, yeah, Jota's gone to Liverpool, great. But Wolves made a massive thing about it. They had loads of videos and kind of really paying tribute to, to what an excellent servant Jota has been. It's been three years, but he'll be really, really, really fondly remembered at Molyneux for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, to finish off then, a quick word on Keanu Hoover obviously moved for a, a deal that could rise to 13.5 million going the other way, a separate deal to the Jota one, but obviously the two players swapping clubs. I'm sure you've heard a, a fair bit about him and I suppose you, you must be excited because he's a player that could make a, a difference for Wolves. Yeah, he's someone I, I personally kept a little eye on after because he made his debut at Wolves didn't he, in the FA Cup. Um, and I remember reading your own coverage on the Liverpool Echo about it and stuff and um, he's, he's a really interesting player because um, Wolves have got this kind of philosophy of, of signing players that are late teens, early 20s and blending them with experience. And hopefully these players, you know, in four or five years time, like Jota, will be obviously worth a lot more and developed a lot more. And uh, Hoover, yeah, he's, he, seems, he seems perfect to what Wolves need at the moment. They don't, 
They don't need him to come in and be a you know a guaranteed starter. Um, they've got players for that. They've, they're about to sign Nelson Semedo from Barcelona as well, so he'll be the, the starter right wing back. But um, but yeah, if they've got such a small squad, and that's the way they operate. That players like Hoover um, and younger other younger players in the squad will definitely get minutes over the over the course of a season. Um, so it's a really exciting signing, um, and you know it's a kind of trademark wall sign. But obviously, we've seen the kind of reaction from Liverpool fans as well, and. A lot of Liverpool fans seem quite annoyed that he's been let go, so that's so that can only bode well, I suppose, for Wolves. So um, yeah, it seems a really, really decent little bit of business, and uh, hopefully he'll kind of develop more rapidly because he'll get more first team exposure here. Yeah, I think it was a slight surprise for Liverpool that they let him go, but I suppose that is it, isn't it? It's that quicker route to mm. the first team. And you mentioned mentioned there Nelson Semedo potentially coming in. Do you think Wolves are buying Keanu Hoover? as a right wing back or do you think potentially he could be part of that back three that we've seen obviously with a, a former Liverpool player in Connor Cody in there as well? Yeah the thing Wolves have tried to over the last two years now um, sign a new centre back who can play alongside Willy Bolly and Connor Cody um, on the right side of the back three so uh, it does seem like Hoover could potentially you know change between those two positions as a right side centre back and a right wing back and Wolves need him to play there as well. Um, but Wolves have got a few options at right wing back. I guess at the moment he'll probably be fourth choice centre back. So, you know, if one player is injured or for whatever reason can't play, he'll be straight into the team. Um, so it's it's a great opportunity for him. Uh, but I think it, it could potentially, if he develops as, as Wolves hope he will, solve a, a long term issue Wolves have had at centre back. So if, you know, in two, three years' time he could be, you know, on a level of a, a Willy Bolly or a Connor Cody, then. He could potentially slot in alongside them um, and that would solve a long-term issue. So it's a really exciting sign and one that I think everyone's kind of looking forward from a Liverpool perspective as well, seeing how he actually does and how he fares in the Premier League uh, on a more consistent basis. Yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic move for him. And I'm sure everyone at Liverpool will wish him you know, all the best at Wolves. So we will obviously continue to, to track how he does and, and potentially have a conversation with yourself in 12 months' time if he's made it right into that senior team. So, yeah, we will see what goes on, of course. We're recording this podcast actually just before Manchester City take on Wolves on Monday night. So I'm sure Diogo Jota will be hoping his former teammates can do Liverpool a little bit of a favour even this early in the season. You will, of course, know the results of that match by the time you're listening to this show. Either way, though, it's set to be an exciting season for Liverpool and the signings of Thiago and Jota have only added to that feeling. Thanks very much to Alex Dickon of the Birmingham Mail for joining me. Hopefully that's whetted your appetite even more to see Jota play in a Liverpool shirt. The Liverpool.com podcast is to come later today, but until next time here on the Blood Red channel, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.